This is the start of our Marvel series. Um, over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at um, some of the Marvel superheroes. Um, starting tonight with one of my favourites, um, the Hulk. Uh, and I was trying to think someone hench enough uh, to represent the Hulk. I used to watch The Incredible Hulk um, when The Incredible Hulk was much less incredible than that. Um, he wasn't. He was rather less incredible, wasn't he? He was just basically a spray-painted man with green hair, um, with ripped purple shorts on. Lou Ferrino, something like that. Fer Ferrino, um, and he's actually the voice of the Hulk when the Hulk is the Hulk in that film uh, and in the Avengers. There you go. A bit of trivia for you. Right. So an introduction to the Hulk. Um, Bruce Banner, the guy you saw there, you're saying he's got a bit of a problem. Um, he's a really gifted scientist, and um, depending on which movie you watch, or whether you like are a purist and go back to the original Marvel comic text, because if we want the truth, we go back to the written word. That's right, isn't it? Um, Bruce Banner, gifted scientist, he's working on, on a project. Um, it's either uh, originally about a gamma radiation bomb, Okay, or it's a little link to uh, Captain America, which Ed will be bringing later. And in the new films, they talk about it being something to do with the um, Super Soldier Project. Um, but there you go. You can find that about later. Uh, originally, he realizes that this teenager called Rick Jones has snuck onto the test site and he's about to get blown up. So he tells the guys not to set the bomb off to delay the detonation. He goes out and he saves this guy, Rick Jones, and he throws him into this trench which protects him from radiation because we all know that trenches protect you from radiation. Um, and he gets hit by all this gamma radiation, massive levels of it, and something inside Bruce Banner, in Bruce Banner's genetic makeup, possibly caused... I am also sad and researched this by uh, experiments, DNA experiments, that his father, uh, who was an alcoholic and very angry, did because he thought that Bruce Banner as a child was a mutant. There we go. Um, something to do with Bruce Banner's physical makeup meant that he didn't die, but something very different happened to him. So now, when Bruce Banner gets angry, all right? an incredible transformation occurs, much like Banana Man, okay, but a little bit different. Uh, he turns into the Hulk. He turns into this big green-skinned monster. Actually, if you look in the pictures on Easy Slide, there is a picture. That's Lou, what's his face in it? Yeah, he wasn't very incredible, was he? He was just a man painted green. Yeah, um, there we go. That's him. Anyway, um, so his Hulk's superpower is to transform... Uh, into a monster when he's angry. Okay, he has a couple of enemies that you will find throughout the comics, throughout the films. Okay, one of them is General Thunderbolt Ross. Okay, he is obviously American because if he was English, he'd just be called General Tarquin or something like that, wouldn't he? Right. Okay, and as Lizzie so skillfully portrayed. Uh, at the start of Church News, uh, he had a bit of a catchphrase, which was, she got it wrong as well and didn't even know why she was saying it. She said something about, be nice to me because uh, I'm not very pleasant when I'm angry. Uh, he said, you won't like me when I'm angry. So there you go. So Hulk gets pretty angry. Um, Bruce Banner gets angry, turns into the Hulk. Um, and the Hulk is pretty much um, indestructible. Um, he's pretty much absolutely the strongest thing on the planet. 
Okay, so getting angry, okay, is the key to the Hulk superpower, right? But, you know, what does the Bible say about getting angry? What can we learn from the Hulk uh, about being angry? Right, he gets angry, he grows, as you saw there, his shirt ripped open. Um, It's a lot better animation than it used to be. Uh, on the old TV series, and basically just his shoulders seemed like came apart a bit, and there was a bit of a blurry shot of him going green. Um, I actually found a verse in the Bible that says, "Rend your heart and not your garments." Okay, okay, tear your heart, not your clothes. Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger, and abounding in love. And he relents from sending calamity. Okay, that's Joel 2, um, 13 in the New International Version. Okay, other verses about getting angry. Okay, Matthew 5, 22, it says this. Uh, but I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, okay, and this means I found a worthless, vain, or empty is answerable to the court, and anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Okay? That's fairly, you know, we're fairly certain on kind of that getting angry. In this case, being angry with someone is a bad thing. Okay? Psalm 103, 8. Okay, again, it says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. And Proverbs 29, 11 says this. Fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. So it's obvious from reading all that, okay, that the Bible is saying that getting angry with people is a bad thing. Yeah, you would agree? Okay. But then there's a little bit of a problem, okay? Because the Bible says all that, But then it goes on, and we kind of find out that maybe not all anger is a bad thing. Back to the Hulk. Okay, Tim Roth's character in The Incredible Hulk. Okay, he's called Emil Blonsky. He is a Russian special agent, okay? Uh, And he's working with the US Army to track down the Hulk, okay? He witnesses what happens to Bruce Banner. He witnesses the power uh, and this near indestructibility of the Hulk. And he wants it for himself. He thinks the only way that he can deal with the Hulk is to get this same thing. All right? But his motivations are more around being anger. They're more about his sense of pride because he thinks that he is the top soldier uh, on the planet. Okay, He is the guy that can sort everything out. He can sort this problem of the Hulk but he can't on his own, and he gets really messed up, okay? But he starts to experiment with this gamma radiation uh, from the Hulk, and I think it's actually some of the Hulk's blood at one point that he gets injected into himself, okay? Blonsky starts to change, okay? Blonsky becomes this hideous creature, okay, that you saw in the film trailer called The Abomination, okay? He makes the Hulk look pretty, Okay, right, uh, and he's full of that same kind of power, but the anger in him and the the motivation in him is different. Okay, 
in that clip at the end, you saw towards the end of the trailer, uh, Bruce Banner dramatically drops himself backwards out of a helicopter, which I think is for pure drama, really. There's no good reason for him kind of doing the whole backwards, graceful swan dive out of a helicopter. But he realizes that the only way to defeat abomination is that if he embraces his angry alter ego, the Hulk. Okay. He becomes the Hulk. We all go, yeah, at that point. Okay. Even though all the way through Bruce Banner's been going, I just want to get rid of it. You know, I don't want to control it. I want to get rid of it. Uh, and I, I need not to turn into this giant green angry creature. When he turns into the Hulk, he doesn't really think like himself. Okay. All the way through, he wants to get rid of the Hulk, but then he realizes the only way that he can save people from the abomination, okay, is to be the Hulk. So anger, is it good or is it bad? Loads of these verses have said it's a bad thing. However, I want to want to get you thinking about the idea of righteous anger versus rage and selfish anger, okay? The Bible actually uses different words to talk about anger. Something that I do a lot, um, my job title, if it wasn't youth pastor, if it wasn't a church worker, uh, when I used to work for the Children's Society, one of my things was I was an anger management specialist. And you might notice that it says anger management, not anger removal. Okay. My, my job has never been to remove anger from people. Okay. One thing, it can't be done. Okay. Put your hands up if you've never been angry. I just looked at the two people who put their hands up. That was funny. Um, okay. If you've got your Bible, you might want to turn to John 2, starting at verse 13. Or you might want to write John 2, 13 to 17 down and look it up later. It says this. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So, he went in and politely told them this wasn't the place to be doing it. No, he didn't. It says this, it says, so we made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it's written, zeal for your house will consume me. All right. When um, it says Jesus turned over a table... I very much doubt it was in the manner of, excuse me, I'm just going to take this table. Okay, it was more like a, okay, coins flying everywhere. Jesus in this verse is angry, okay? So you can have your table back. Emmy's looking really confused. Sorry, right, don't worry. Jesus in this verse, okay, is being a bit hulkish. All right, okay. He, he's gone and made this whip out of cords. So it's not like he's just gone, oh, I'm angry, throw the tables over. He's gone, I'm angry. I'm going to go and plan what I'm going to do, and I will do it with the anger that I have in me. Okay, but it wasn't selfish anger. Okay, it wasn't 
self-motivating anger. It was anger at people not doing what God had called them to. People disrespecting God's house, the temple. Okay? Ephesians 4.26 says this. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. So anger's not wrong then. Certain types of anger. In your anger, do not sin. Okay, that means it's possible to be angry without sinning. Okay? Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Basically, that means do something about your anger. Okay? Admit it. Acknowledge it. Deal with it. Don't let it fester. If you hold anger in, it's really toxic. Okay? You are going to turn into a Hulk. Okay? Like it or not. If you hold anger in, eventually it will come out in an attack of Hulk rage. Okay? I have seen it in some of you. In myself. Okay, if you try and hold stuff in, if you try and hold any kind of emotion in, um, it's not good. If you try and hold anger in, it is toxic. Okay. That Bible passage ends with do not give the devil a foothold. Okay, if you um, get angry and then react badly to your anger, okay, you are giving the devil a handle on your life. Okay, you are giving him a place to get a crowbar in and mess you up. Okay? So, what do we do? We have to be in control. Who's seen that film, The Incredible Hulk? Yeah? And the fight with abomination. Okay. One of the themes that you will find, I'm sure, through some of these other characters that we're looking at, is that Stan Lee, the guy who sets up the Marvel stories, does a very, very classic element of story writing where he sets up a character with someone who pretty much has exactly the same powers, but they don't have the control or the restraint or the morals, yeah, or the foundations of the hero. Okay, I'm sure Ed will touch on that. In Captain America, that's a classic one. Okay, you've got Venom in the Spider-Man story, um, and then we've got like we've got War Machine, which is slightly different in Iron Man. But I'm sure we'll touch on those things. Abomination is basically Hulk without self-control. Yeah, Abomination just goes and he's destroying everything and anyone for his own selfish motivation. So we need to have self-control. If we don't want to, if we don't want to let our anger get the better of us and let the devil get a foothold, we need self-control. Okay. Galatians 5:22 to 23 says this: "But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law." Okay. Proverbs 25:28. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control, okay? Vulnerable, okay? Messed up, broken is a person who lacks self-control. 
Titus 2, 6 to 8 says this, similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. Okay, this goes for you girls too. Okay, in everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled. How do we get self-control? To start off with, we need to check our foundations. We've done a whole series uh, at Cafe Church in the 1045 about foundations, the things that our life is built on. Okay, What does the Bible say about the basics about what our life is built on? Okay, Check your principles. Get your priorities straight. That is the first step in getting self-control. Because everything that you do needs to have a purpose and everything that you need... Everything that you do needs to be guided by what God has done in your life. Uh, needs to be guided by the sacrifices that he's made for you. And needs to be guided by your choice to live a life that is the one that God wants you to. How can we help someone to be in control who's maybe got problems with anger uh, or other similar issues? Um, what can we learn? from Bruce Banner, Hulk, and Betty Ross. How can we help somebody to be in control, uh, to take control of their anger, to take control of their lives? Um, and the answer is quite simple. It's by loving them, by being in relationship with them. Maybe you get angry. Maybe you really struggle to control your anger. Okay. Part of my experience of doing anger management comes from the fact that I was quite an angry kid. Um, I had quite a temper. Um, I managed to kind of cover that up most of the time. And I did that thing where I didn't admit that I was angry. And there were lots of things that made me angry. Um, my relationship with my dad made me really angry as a lad growing up. Um, the fact that I was shorter than everybody else in my class made me angry. Steve wasn't in my class. Uh, that one bit of respite was when I came to church because everybody else was shorter than me. So like, obviously everybody where I lived had like been sleeping in grow bags or something like that. Okay, And they'd got really big. Um, I got really angry because I was the last person to be picked in the football team. Because um, I was really, really rubbish then. I'm not that much better now, but I was really, really rubbish at football at one point. Um, and I learned that actually the key to not getting angry was to tell people about it. Um, was to open up. And sometimes, do you know what? That got me hurt even more. Didn't mean that I didn't get hurt anymore. Okay, but it did mean that I could deal with getting angry. I used to get into a lot of fights at school. Um, some of that will be news to mom. But mainly because I lost my temper. And I felt really bad about it afterwards because actually I didn't hate people. Um, I didn't want to hit someone. And in fact, even though I got into lots of fights, I tended to, it tended to be more um, of a, a wrestling match. I would wrestle people to the floor and occasionally give them a bit of a kick around the legs or something like that. Okay. Um, I never punched anybody. In the face, at least. Um, but I learned to control that because I learned to say, I learned to let people in, and I learned to let people understand how I was feeling. 
If I hadn't done that, I would have carried on being quite an angry young man, I think. So we need to love people and we need to let ourselves be loved. We need to be in relationship and the most important relationship that we can be in is our relationship with God. Um, do you know what? God knows everything about us, yet still sometimes we try and keep things from him. Uh, and that's just because we're human uh, and, and by that very nature we're a bit stupid and we forget that he knows everything. And we try and keep things private and we try and keep things to ourselves even from God. So do you know what? Open yourself up to God. Let him in to your deepest, darkest secrets, your deepest, darkest fears. Okay. Get angry about the right things. Lots of the most amazing things that have happened. Um, lots of the most amazing human beings uh, have been motivated by getting angry. William Wilberforce okay, got very angry about people being in slavery. What he did didn't solve the problem. There are still 27 million plus people in modern slavery today. But what he did do was gave us a way to fight it by making it illegal in this country. He got angry. But he got angry about something that needed to change. He got angry about something that wasn't right. It was righteous anger. Okay, loads of people in history have got angry about something that somebody was doing that wasn't right, that was hurting people, that wasn't the way God wanted things. They did something about it. They didn't just let it rot them. They didn't let it be toxic inside of them, but they did something about it. So get angry about the right things. Do something about it. Do it the right way. Deal with your anger. Confront it. Be honest about it. Don't let it be a tool for the devil to use on you. And if you know people that get angry, um, maybe if they don't even understand it themselves, okay, love them. Look past the Hulk, yeah, and um, see the person inside. I love that picture. Tom this morning, not this Tom, just did not get it. Um, he was very, very confused by it. Uh, and it was almost quite angry about it himself. Um, but why is he inside? Why are they there at the same time? Why are they facing in different directions? This is not right. Um, that was his anger situation. He got a little bit hulkish. Um, Aid got a little bit hulkish with Tom for getting hulkish about the Hulk. Um, uh, and that was that. But look past the Hulk uh, and find the person inside. Okay, When you love someone and help look at the person inside, it helps them to find who they are as well. It helps them to find what their identity is in Christ uh, and what their identity is in relationship with us as a family, as church. So there you go. What can we learn from the Hulk? I think we've covered a lot of it, but there's a lot to learn. Um, there's a lot to learn about what we do you know, how do we, what do we get angry about? What makes us angry? How are we going to do something about that? There are loads of things when I drive through Netherton that I look at uh, and I get angry about it. We get angry about the fact that there's nowhere for people to get together, that there's no community. One thing we're doing about that is the Golden Cross Project, okay? If you are angry about the way that our society is, 
about the fact that there is no prospects for some people, that there is no provision for some people. Let's do something that is going to deal with that anger and get the situation right.